Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. We're so glad you decided to listen to our program today. Our intent is to inform you and to encourage you. This is Are You Listening? with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour. In a busy world with lots of distractions, we need to pay closer attention to God. Are you listening to God's Word today? Here's Jeff. So it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus Himself drew near and went with them. Luke 24, verse 15. Is it not wonderful that we may draw near to our Lord and His Word as we converse and reason or question and wonder? Thank you very much, Jay, and greetings to everyone. It is so good to have you with us on this special broadcast from the International Gospel Hour, as today is our Q&A broadcast. In John 12:48, Jesus said, He that rejects me and receives not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same will judge him in the last day. We have the word of God, the inspired word, according to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. And that word will judge us one day, as Jesus again said in John 12:48. So today, when we converse and reason or question and wonder things, Jesus draws near to us with His Word, and we are able to find out the answers in life through the Word of God, the Holy Bible. And such is the opportunity before us today. Again, this is our Q&A day of our broadcast. And the question we're going to consider in a few moments, in 1 Timothy 2, verse 8, what is the meaning of the phrase, lifting holy hands? And speaking of questions, dear friends, let's pause and consider the following free study. As one studies the Bible, questions may arise. Please know the International Gospel Hour offers absolutely free a study titled Answering Questions to Christianity. It is comprised of one booklet with a number of questions and biblical answers. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Question Booklet. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988, and please leave your name, address, and just say, Question Booklet. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information. Name, address, and type, Question Booklet. We'll send it right away. We trust this study will help with answers to questions you may have. Let's go back to Jeff. Our question for this broadcast, again in 1 Timothy 2 and verse 8, what is the meaning of the phrase, lifting holy hands? First of all, we're going to consider the following text, and then we're going to look at the context of the question in 1 Timothy chapter 2. First of all, when we find the phrase, lifting hands... Where else is it mentioned in the Bible? We will go to 1 Timothy 2 and verse 8 when Paul says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. In Luke 24 verse 50, And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Solomon in prayer, and we find this on a number of occasions, but among them, 1 Kings 8 verse 22, spread forth his hands toward heaven. 
And in Nehemiah 8 and verse 6, And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Dear friends, there are multiple postures or positions that express prayer. In 1 Kings 8.22, we find that Solomon also stood before the altar of the Lord in his prayers. In Daniel 6 and verse 10, when Daniel opened his windows in his chamber toward Jerusalem, the Bible says he kneeled upon his knees. King David went in and sat before the Lord when he offered up this prayer. Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that thou hast brought me hitherto? 2 Samuel 7.18 In John 17 and verse 1, when Jesus began his prayer to the Father, he lifted up his eyes to heaven. Now, dear friends, it is interesting that much is made out of lifting hands in the religious world when the Scriptures actually say very little about it, but yet not much is said or emphasized on other positions or postures for prayer. I don't know the last time, well, if I say I don't know the last time I saw it, when I'm praying, I'm not looking around, but do we often see people lift up their eyes in prayer? I know of many that will kneel upon their knees, but not everyone does. Of course, as David sat before the Lord, many times we sit in our places of worship or we sit at a table and bless the food. Sometimes we stand in prayer. I can recall as a young boy growing up how men would stand in the pew where they would sit and lead the prayer for everyone to hear. So when we talk about postures or positions that express prayer, this idea of lifting hands, well, why aren't these other postures emphasized? This is something worthy to consider, is it not? And I believe when we look at the context of the question in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, we will see this. We're going to read this text and comment more on it in just a moment, but first, let's pause for another word from our J. Webb. The International Gospel Hour has been heard over the airwaves since 1934. During all this time, we've been blessed to be on the air through gracious giving of congregations of Churches of Christ, faithful Christians, and devoted friends. That's why you will never hear us asking for money or for any type of donation from you, our listeners. Our offers of material and study aids are absolutely free. We plead for all to carry forth the words of Jesus to search the Scriptures, John 5.39, and we do so with the aim of the words of Peter in 2 Peter 3.18 to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you so, so much for listening. Let's continue our broadcast. And now, here's Jeff. And now we'll consider the context of the question in 1 Timothy chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. I exhort, therefore, that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. 
I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefastness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. That's the lesson text today from which we have the question again. In 1 Timothy 2 verse 8, what is the meaning of the phrase lifting holy hands? We want to look at the context of that question in 1 Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 through 10. Now when we notice the text, the context, we find the phrase or the word men in chapter 2 verse 1 and verses 4 and 5. Now, this is the generic word for man, and in the Greek, it is the word anthropos. That is a original Greek word that is translated mankind. So, in verses 1, 4, and 5, the plea is for all of mankind, and the context supports that. But when we get to verse 8, and Paul makes the plea for men to pray everywhere, that meaning changes. This is the word andros, which is shifting to the masculine gender, or a male. I would that men pray everywhere. And this is referring to the male in this part. Now, the holy hands, therefore, are assigned for the males and applied to prayer when you look in that context. You know, dear friends, this is a far cry from the lifting hands or many times an irreverent expression in worship that's usually done in song. And this is also, while applied to males, would disqualify women from doing so. But yet, is this not seen? Dear friends, I want us to study context. I don't want us to get into controversy. But let us challenge and let's think on these things. This commandment emphasizes the righteousness of the worshiper not the placing of the hands, the physical hands. And verse 9 keeps that thought in mind when he says, In like manner also, verses 9 and 10, that deals with women's adornment and her attire within. The late Albert Barnes, in his observation in his commentary, says, Holy hands here mean hands that are not defiled by sin and that have not been employed for any purpose of iniquity. The idea is that when men approach God, they should do it in a pure and holy manner. It's interesting in Isaiah 1 and verse 15, when Isaiah said, And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Now here's the question. Was that a literal hands are full of blood? He meant no, because it is the blood of man on your hands. You've cost them their lives. The commentator Zur said, It is merely an allusion to the ancient practice of presenting the uplifted hands in respectful petition to God. He gives these examples, Nehemiah 8 and verse 6, and Psalm 141 and verse 2, and Lamentations 3.41 that says, Let us lift up our heart with our hands unto God in the heavens. Now can we physically lift up our hearts? Can we place our hands within and lift up our hearts? Well, the answer to that is no. But we're able to lift up our hearts with our hands unto God in heaven. I love this observation by a preacher friend, Tim Ayers, acquaintance rather, when he says Paul's emphasis is not only on posture, but on purity. This is an excellent question. We hope we've prompted some thinking in your minds that the thought of holy hands in light of Scripture 
is a reverent response to our Father with our lives, and it begins with our hearts. Again, we want to lift holy hands, not physical hands. Dear friends, let's think on these things. Let's consider the study of this text. Let's look at these things carefully, and let's always seek out God's will in our lives, not what we may have thought was God's will. And we'll continue our studies together another time, dear friends. I hope this has brought forth some interest on your part. Thanks for joining me today on the International Gospel Hour. I'm Jeff Archie, and dear friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope, first, that it glorified God. But second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com. Oh.